0: Welcome to the Conscious Business Leader Show. I'm Anna Choi, founder and CEO of Conscious Business Coaching, helping high achieving business leaders prevent burnout to grow in flow. Our firm empowers the next generation of global leaders who will cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness. Join us for the end of the show where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing business inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Ready? Let's go.
1: Right now we have Moshe Engelberg. Hello, how are you?
2: Hi, good to see you. Glad to be here.
1: So happy to have you on. So first, we know there's just so much that you do, so many talents. Please give us a little background about who you are and what you do business-wise.
2: Sure, sure. Well, about almost 30 years ago, I started consulting from Code Research Works, helped companies large and small to figure out why they're in business. Okay. And what products to develop, how to innovate, what their value proposition is, how to stand out in competitive market, all that stuff. And uh, gradually, I saw over time that there are some missing pieces, like, like, love, which isn't a word used in business very much. Mm -hmm. And that led me on this other track where I wrote a book that came out just last year, uh, called the Amari wave uplifting business by putting love to work. And my, my current focus is helping conscious business leaders figure out how to be their best, how to know their best, how to see it, okay. and be
1: it. okay, perfect. So then that goes right into my next question, of course, is what does being a conscious business leader mean to you?
2: Well, it starts with awareness and it, it requires people to to be able to tune into what's true for them, who they are, even if they don't like it necessarily. And we <laughs> all have parts of ourselves of we may not particularly like and want to change. And and to be honest about how they move forward in life. Ideally, it means their, their thoughts and words and actions all match. Mm. Um, but certainly that there's an awareness of, of what's going on, what drives decisions, and if there is a mismatch, what to do about it.
1: Okay. And so within that process, and as far as you said, as business and what you think being a conscious business leader is, what have been the biggest challenges then to for where you've gone today now and also helping others to kind of realize, like you said, their real authentic selves?
2: Well, there's been a few. So it means stepping back from the individual mm-hmm. to this whole enterprise we call business. Mm-hmm. I believe business is first and foremost a social enterprise. Okay. And secondarily, an economic one. And the economic piece is the engine that carries forward the social enterprise. So every business exists not to make money, but to make life better for people, right? To mm-hmm. improve life. Mm-hmm. That's that inception of every business. There's something broken. We want to fix it. Or we have this great idea. It'll fulfill this need. Uh, but we forget. And, and certainly, let me backtrack, but certainly making money is important. The more, the better. I'm a big fan <laughs> of abundance, making a lot of money and doing mm-hmm. a lot of good with it. The more we have, the more good we can do. But that's not the reason we're in business. And we mm-hmm. forget. And over time, we lose sight of our, our real purpose and think, well, it's just about hitting our numbers. So one of the pressures that gets in the way of conscious leadership is uh, short-termism, and, okay. and particularly with regard to money. We have to hit our numbers. We have to provide okay. this return to shareholders in the, in, in the near term. Uh, we, gotta hit our, we have got to hit our monthly numbers. And there's a reality to that. We do have to pay our bills and pay our people mm-hmm. and so on. Um, But if that if we limit ourselves to that and misconstrue that as why we're in business, mm-hmm. that makes it hard to be conscious in a way that aligns our values with our actions.
1: Yeah. So do you believe in that's how you live purposefully, basically, is that you make sure you kind of keep those underlying values and morals that like you said? Of course, you want to hit certain marks and everything, but giving love and serving people. What do you think? What do you say? That's how you le- live purposefully?
2: Yes, I sure try to. And, and, And I got a ways to go and it brings up hard decisions like, do I want to stay with this business bank I've been with for 20 plus years, just because I have this history and they know who they are, even if it's a corporation, I don't like how they treat people. Right. Do I want to pay this much more for something at this company because I support their ethics, or do I want to get it on Amazon as cheap as it can be? Mm-hmm. So it co- keeps calling those questions about where where are my values and how far will I go to align with them? So yeah, I try very hard to live to live an amare that's Latin for love, live an amare life.
1: Okay. And so you think basically for people, it's, it's a daily decision and different things of how to serve and how to keep those values and kind of that self-check.
2: Every single day. It's, a, it's a really a moment-by-moment moment decision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so do you have a favorite best energy practice or I guess a way to have that self-check every day?
2: Yes, I have several. Okay. I've been meditating for almost 40 years, so okay, long time and uh, pretty consistently, And to me, that's an anchor. So I try every, every, um, every morning and toward the end of the day, take 20 minutes and sit quietly, sometimes with a mantra, sometimes not, sometimes with music, whatever it is. But it's taking that time. And, uh, to me, that's, that's a really powerful practice. Another one is breath. Mm -hmm. And when I work with, with executives or with business teams, I often, I often start with, um, the idea that here's what our work is about in a nutshell, three words, Mm -hmm. be here now. Mm
1: -hmm. Song by
2: George Harrison, book by... I need that um,
1: reminder. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And so so how do you do that? Well, when we get caught up in tense, hot situations, we can use our breaths to (sighs) bring ourselves back. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like that.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Good practice.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you find people sometimes struggle, especially, like you said, business can be sort of have this rigidity to it? You know, people are trying to make numbers that people are sometimes have a pushback to basically having that self-check and going towards, I guess, more like feelings. Because I think in business, sometimes we ignore so much of feelings when we're human. Do you find that pushback at all?
2: Totally. Totally. That comes up a lot, not from everyone, but from a fair number of people, especially Mm -hmm. those who've been in business for a while or um, are more conservative in their upbringing or values and so Mm -hmm. on. Um, But it brings up a couple of things. One is that business is different, that we're different people in personal life and business. We check our values. We check our beliefs at the door because it's business. Mm -hmm. And nothing could be further from the truth. We are not separate people. How we are in one part of life is how we are in another part of life. The challenge is we have the capacity as human beings to compartmentalize. Mm. And a simple example is, is, I think I should eat a certain way or exercise a certain amount, and do I do it? Maybe not. So there's often a mismatch between um, beliefs and behaviors, and we have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. Similarly, in the more extreme example, in business, we have the ability to dehumanize people and reduce them to numbers yes. or a commodity, mm-hmm. and then we can do horrible things, like we wi- we witnessed in the recession of a dozen years ago, like we see in business and in politics mm-hmm. virtually every day, mm-hmm. uh, this dehumanization. And it's something, again, as humans, we have the capacity for, but we also have the capacity to be heart-centered and come from love and ask the question, and to me, this is the guiding question, what would love do? Mm. And so that can that can be a, a mechanism to internally for people to overcome the resistance. But the the other thing is, Um, I guess the whole notion you're bringing up that, well, feelings and business, come on, squishy, does that really belong? Yeah. Is that feelings are simply data. Okay. Most businesses love data and they rely on data. Mm -hmm. Feelings are just another form of data. And if we ignore them, we're throwing out a great deal of information that can help us be better in business.
1: Yeah. And so I have a personal question based on what you just said. Like, how do you find that balance? And like you said, sometimes people see I need to leave certain emotions at the door because I'm in business. So how do you balance leaving certain things? So that you don't want to have all your personal stuff in the workplace, but also making sure you're not being two separate people and then getting overwhelmed because you're trying to balance between the two.
2: Yeah, it can be tough. It can be tough. Yeah, There's that's this idea struggle your, yeah. Yeah, 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 bring your whole self to work. And and I strongly believe in that, but that doesn't mean you spend all your work time. Oh my God, what a day I had! And I can't believe my partner did this or this Mm -hmm. or this is happening to me. It doesn't mean it's a place to 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 um, unload all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It simply means the values and beliefs that drive your personal life also belong in work. So typically, when we have when we have experiences, we we create stories out of them. That's mm-hmm. a difference to me yeah. between pain and suffering. Pain is this hurts. The suffering is the story we create. So the mm-hmm. stories don't necessarily belong because they're usually not of much use. They just maintain right. yeah. pain. Um, but if we bring the underlying values in the, and and just the core experiences with us, that's how to that's how to keep synergy and not, mm-hmm. as you said, bring or alluded to not bring inappropriate parts mm-hmm. of ourselves in.
1: Right. So like one part can serve as baggage, like you said, is have a point with others. Like when you learn from it, though, and take those lessons, that's when it can be yeah. beneficial.
2: Yeah. And and, and one, one other point is it's about being in the moment. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I had a bad week and I come into work and I'm bringing all that heaviness with me, mm-hmm. that's not right now. That's heaviness from 10 minutes ago or yesterday yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the idea of that's the be here now, the being present in this moment mm-hmm. and people can do remarkable things when they exercise that capacity.
1: And would you say that people have an issue more of reflecting on the past and that hinders them or when they're so focused on the future or is it a mix of both?
2: Yeah, I think it's typically a mix. The past mm-hmm. is kind of this like we talk about this baggage we bring with us that shapes how we see the present and the future. Mm-hmm. And and it can make us be Uh, make us miss a lot of things because we Mm -hmm. deny possibilities and opportunities or can um, change it. So we misperceive it in line with our beliefs about we're not worthy or whatever, whatever the story we've created. Uh, And in the moving to the future, the problem Mm -hmm. comes in as we get overly attached to our objectives and we lose ourselves in them. We think if I didn't achieve that objective or hit that milestone or Mm -hmm. bring in that number, something's wrong with me. And so we, we this idea of being attached to outcomes and we can yeah. go way overboard and that takes us out of the present.
1: Right. Now we're overwhelmed. <laughs> I can oh. definitely relate to that. Absolutely. So what would you say then out of all this information is your favorite client success story? Probably a lot. I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let me sit with that for a minute. It's a client I'm working with right now hmm. who it's a um, medium-sized health technology company and the leaders are so open and, and they're already doing what I consider putting love to work. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, this book and my work the Amari Wave, is okay. about, they're, they're already doing it and lots of business leaders are, and they brought me in to amplify that and helping them re- see their best and be their best. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the essence of of what I do, and um, and the changes they're making. They just introduce this idea of of genius. I'm looking from my other book, I don't have, uh, I don't have it right here. It's called it's called the Big Leap about living in our leaping from our zone of competence or excellence to our zone of genius, where the magic happens, where we're really our best. Probably that's what you did when I think you were an Olympic athlete or.
1: Yeah, I'm training for the Olympics, yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So that's probably an aspect of your genius.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and when you're in that zone, you were probably very present and not letting your time the day before interfere with yeah. wh- whatever you do in the moment. So this company is practicing that and helping every one of their employees find their genius and apply these principles of putting love to work, of, of treating people well, of respecting money, of aiming mm-hmm. for a connection and so on. It's incredible to to support it and witness it.
1: Yeah. I I love that. And Lisa, I definitely apply it. Cause I know that's like you just said, it's just that living in the moment thing. I mean, even in practice of don't think about the next rep or the next or it's like right here. And that's something I think like even the breathing thing is works for me really well. As you said, like I noticed my shoulders were even up to here and now I was like, okay, in the moment, (laughs) enjoy this. (laughs) Yes. And so where, what is your vision then for yourself, business wise for the next three to five years?
2: Well, my vision first is for this movement that I call the Amari Wave mm-hmm. to really take hold. As, as I said, there's a lot of companies putting love to work in different ways. Some call it conscious capitalism or servant leadership or or like in your group, I think it's called conscious business. Mm-hmm. There, there's a variety of labels. And to me, it doesn't really matter which one. There's a lot of... Books on the topic, other one besides mine. Mine was simply connecting dots in a different way, putting on, putting under this label called Omari and saying, there's this wave. There's this mm-hmm. momentum building and let's catch this wave. Let's ride this wave. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my vision is in three to five years, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of companies practicing this and saying, we are an Omari company. And mm-hmm. there's consumers and customers everywhere saying, I want to give my business to customers like that because it makes me feel good. I want to, I'm sorry. I want to give my business. To companies like that. Yeah. Because it makes me feel good because their values are aligned with mine. And that's how I want to live. I want to live in alignment and consciously. And they deliver good products, a good price, and so on. Mm-hmm. So companies are saying, we are an Amari company. Consumers and customers are preferring that and voting with their pocketbooks. And yeah. it becomes just the way of business, the new necessity in business that to be an Amare love-based company and doing better, making more money as a result.
1: And so simple question. I don't know if I just might not know the answer as far as what is, where does the word Amare come from?
2: Amare is a Latin word okay. that essentially means love. Okay. Um, and there's similar meanings in Spanish and Italian mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes from the Latin. Okay. And the reason we used it first, the book was called, what was it called? Um, making, making customer love then making business love a little bit provocative. Mm-hmm. And then, um, a colleague of mine suggested, let's use the, let's use the word Amari because it like doesn't that. have the same baggage as the yeah. word love does. Um, but when people object and some executives say, yeah, love, I don't, I don't, I don't think love belongs to my business. And I say, um, any sports teams you love any mm-hmm. restaurants? Yeah. I love the, the Golden State Warriors. I love the, I love out Outburger, whatever, whatever it is. So yeah. everyone loves some business. And then I say, well, don't you want your customers to say that about you? I say, well, I guess I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that as well. So you talked about the book. What can we also expect from the newsletter that you have as well?
2: Yeah. Appreciate your bringing that up. It's gotcha. a newsletter called Amari Wave Wednesday, and people mm-hmm. can sign up for it on my website, which is under my name, Moshe Engelberg. <laughs> which we can spell later, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the idea is to take one day a week to do one thing to consciously put love to work. It can be a very small mm. thing. What you say to a fellow employee, what decision you make about uh, spending money, a new policy, whatever it is. So each week I have a specific topic like abundance or integrity or money, whatever it is and give ways people can do that And the idea came from just about a year ago thinking about well, we have black friday we have cyber monday we have all these days that are essentially yeah. about spending mm-hmm. why don't we have a day a day not just once a year but every week where we'll take a minute to make our business more conscious and more loving
1: yeah and serving others spending in yes. a different way yeah yes. absolutely so I'm learning quickly. <laughs> yes. So, besides the website, is there anywhere else for people to get more information or to contact you at all?
2: Yeah, people can contact me directly. Mm-hmm. So I'll spell my name here. So the website's Moshe Engelberg, M O S H E, E N G E L B E R G dot com, and my email is Moshe at M O S H E at dot com. And if people want to talk about this, if they want to put some of this to work, I do a complimentary session, a consulting session initially. And I really am available to support people who want to do this. So yeah, reach out to me. Email is the best way you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Instagram, where else? Twitter, usual places. And uh, and I'll get back to you.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Well, Moshe Engelberg, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all that lovely information. We really appreciate it.
2: Good to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to the Conscious Business Leader Podcast. If you're a conscious business leader or entrepreneur who would like to be on the program, please visit annasunchoy.com slash apply. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend or post it on the socials. And if you do that tag us with the hashtag conscious business leader. Now, can you also hook us up now to your podcast player and just give us a thumbs up or a rating and review your feedback helps us better empower that next generation of global leaders to cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness through being a loving presence while you're at it, hit the subscribe button. You know why? Because each week you're going to be inspired and energized 15 minutes a day. My name is Anna Choi. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at AnnaSunchoy.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Conscious Business Leader Movement.